I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's your new Thursday kind of lineup here. It's Max Boltman, Sean Gentilly, myself. It's me, Haley Salvian. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, guys. What's up? How's it going? I thought you just weren't going to introduce morning. yourself. I thought you were going to be like, okay, these two. These yeah. two crumb bums. I got to tell you their names. Yeah. Me, though. You, you, are, it's you, just, are, you already me. know who I am. It's Max, it's Sean, and me. And if you hear anything on the show that you don't appreciate, you don't know who I am. So direct <laughs> any comments and concerns to Max Boltman and Sean Gentilly. I'll send you their emails. No, you won't. At a later date. You will not. <laughs> My email is impossible to find. Nobody knows how to reach me. Sean's off the grid. Max, how's it going? Sean keeps talking. You haven't been able to say hello yet. That's okay. I, I uh, I'm not quite awake enough to say hello. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what is that? Were you were you writing late or just up late? Because because we know you yeah, had a, we no, you yeah. had a game last night. It was Wings Wings Penguins. Yeah, game. good game. It was 
Was it? It was the TNT <laughs> game. So little, little. It was. It was. It was. There was a late push. I mean, it ends up a three goal spread, but it's a four three game. You know, with two minutes left, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's been an interesting start to the season. I'm sure we're, we're going to talk about that. Well, I think that's kind of the big first topic of the day here is, you know, only two games on last night. Um, as Max just said, Max covers the Red Wings for the Athletics. So he was at the Red Wings Penguins game last night. And then the other game on tap was the Senators versus the Washington Capitals, both the Sens and Red Wings. One, I know there was the late push, but we could say when we look at the final score, like both kind of young teams that we talked about, you know, last week, hopefully making pushes uh, to make the playoffs this year uh, or, or next year. I don't know. Some people kind of wrote off the Red Wings. I think a lot of people thought Detroit was going to be of like Ottawa, Detroit and Buffalo. It was like, well, we believe in the Sabres and the Sens a little bit more than the Red Wings. So it's been really fun to see the Red Wings have a encouraging start to the season. Um, so both teams win in convincing fashion last night. They're both 3-1-0 on the season and they're facing off on Saturday afternoon. So that's going to be a fun little matchup, especially when you sprinkle in some of the Alex Debrinket uh, left us. And if you don't want to be here, then good luck to you, sir, uh, stirring the pot that's happened between those two teams. Um, but before we get to that, before we tee up that game, like let's dive into this matchup from last night between the Red Wings and the Penguins, Max. What's the early vibe around this team? Because we know they're 3-1-0. Alex Dabrinkit, by the way, leading the league in points. It's not Connor McDavid. It's not Evgeny Malkin, who we'll talk about for reasons in a moment. Uh-huh. It's Dabrinkit. And the Red Wings have a really exciting offense to start the season. Yeah, this is, we're definitely into that, like, okay, it's, it's enough games to call it a little bit of a trend. It's way too early to know what yeah, it means. Right. And that is, that is, uh, very much a gray area for podcasting. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to walk around this one a little bit. But yes, the Red Wings have the leading scorer in the NHL. They are tied for the most goals, period, in the NHL. They have the best power play in the NHL through four games. What do you make of all that? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I think uh, they're clearly a, a deeper team, though. And I think that's kind of my takeaway so far. It's not that, you know, this is who they are. But I do think it's pretty good indication that that kind of uh, scoring by committee, that much deeper approach that, that they kind of certain tried to assemble and that, you know, at least half of the fan base was really buying into and half was really skeptical of. That does look like it, it's legit so far. They have goals from 12 different players, four games in. Wow. Um, and when you have one guy with five goals, that is actually really remarkable. JT Comfort. What have you said? I feel like he's been, <laughs> he's been good. Good. Now, I'm not just saying that because I have him on my fantasy team. It's going to be part of why I'm saying it, but like he's, you know, I, I think, oh, I think people defaulted on him to thinking of him as like, yes, he's, he was, uh, he's coming off a pretty good year with the Avs. It was just a, a for, but a, it was the Avs. It's the Avs and it's also like yeah. a fortunate break for him because he just so happened to be one of the most productive forwards and probably the most productive center hitting the market you know, in a, in a year where it was th- those, it, that sort of stuff was in short supply. Right. So I think people yeah. almost forgot that he was, that we came into the summer <laughs> with him as uh, him as one of the, one of the prizes of, of the whole, of the whole proceedings. Right. And he's yeah. been, and he's been good. Sorry. Yeah. And before Max can kind of talk about like early observations from JT Comfer, I think one of the conversation points around him in free agency was like, what is JT Comfer when he's not just the really good 3C on a 
elite team, right? Like, can he be more than just like a reliable middle six guy? Like, can you push him up the lineup if you need? Can you get him to be the play driver, not just kind of the dude beside deep wingers on an elite team? Um, right. And if it's going to work out well for the Red Wings, and I mean, it's early again. I feel like we need to preface this whole episode title, Jeff, if you're listening to this, our producer extraordinaire, just call this like overreactions from the first 10 days of it's the early, season. But. So yeah, it's early, <laughs> well, but like JT Comfort in Detroit looks pretty and solid. We're still, and we're still now, at right? the point now too, where it's like gold, gold totals outweigh everything. So it's like, it's like JT Comfort knocks in a few. You're like, oh, he's like not bad. And then you look mm-hmm. and it's like, huh. His expected goals percentage is under 40%. Like, <laughs> you know, like whatever. Well, here's, here's what I'll say. So, <laughs> a couple different things on that. It, that is, the, he's got the one goal. He's got a bunch, a bunch of assists. Uh, and, and yes, what they've done with him is they've put him into this matchup line. So, that line mm-hmm. was getting like, is getting the last couple of games like a steady diet of uh, the other team's best players. They put it together kind of by accident, stumbled upon it. Um, when they were going 11 and seven against the lightning, they've put him with Andrew Kopp and Michael Rasmussen. And so that has kind of become their matchup line. It's also scoring. And so it's mm-hmm. like, they, they are going to take some, you know, the brunt of it a little bit on the XG because they're eating matchups mm-hmm. for everybody else. But those are three of their best defensive forwards and they stuck them together. It, it is their second line, but it kind of maybe has the character of what you would typically think of as like a shutdown third line. Mm-hmm just happens to have a couple of guys who have put up, you know, 40, 50 points in the past on it. And right. so it does a little more. Mm-hmm. Comfort, I think, is a huge piece of that because you watch him. I definitely in my head had like, okay, this is a guy who can do the dirty work. And he, he put up 50 points last year, but he's playing with Miko Rantanen. And like, what is that going to look like when he's not playing with Miko Rantanen? Right. There, there have been times where it looked like he was going to play with Lucas Raymond, mm-hmm. who is good and, and skilled, but not Miko Rantanen. What I found is JT Comfort can drive a lot more than I was giving mm-hmm. him credit for totally. on entries. He is smart. He is skilled. He is patient. He wins pucks. He uses his body well. And when he, when you put him in that situation where, you know, he's going to play with two other guys who I think can play, you know, his brand of game and he can be the skill guy on it, it has still worked. Mm-hmm. So he, I do think it has, you know, they're, they're not going to keep that same line together all year. They'll probably have to split it up at times, especially when they want to get cop at cop and comfort both at center. I do think that's a line that probably will take it on the chin with some mm-hmm. underlyings because of their matchups and still find a way to help the Red Wings win because of what they're able to take in and right. what they're able to do against it. Right. And if they're losing the expected goal battle, but Andrew Kopp is like, you know, scoring a big goal at an important time, I think you can live with the XG not being great if you're actually winning the actual goal battle. And I think that's kind of what you said, Max, is like it's we're four games in. I think the Red Wings power play is clipping along like almost 50% to bring it scoring yes. every single night. We know from last season that didn't happen, but we need to like, you know, maybe pump the brakes on what to bring it look like in Ottawa because it was a very different situation. Um, it took him 16 games until November 16th to hit the five goal mark with the Sens last year. Um, obviously, he's on the top line. In Detroit, he's got chemistry already with Dylan Larkin, so it's a totally different situation. But like, it's he's not going to score every single night, and if he was, I'll you know apologize to Alex to bring it specifically, and I'll congratulate him on his eighty-two goal yeah, right. season. If he doesn't score ninety goals um, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but as you said, Max, I think like what is significant is that it seems like the Red Wings have enough pieces this year that they can withstand a slump from Alex to bring it. Andrew Cobb can pot a few. 
JT Comfer can do something. If Lucas Raymond can take steps in the right direction, he can step up more at Cider. Like it's, it's an encouraging start, but at the same time, yeah, you know, they're not going to score five goals all season and have, you know, a 50% power play, but it seems like they got a little bit more juice to sprinkle around on that team this season, which is encouraging. Absolutely. To get where they've gotten, they've gotten one goal from Dylan Larkin, who was the leading scorer last year, and one goal from Lucas Raymond, who I think was maybe their X-Factor player coming into this year. If you had told me that before opening night, that the first four games they were going to get one goal from Dylan Larkin and one goal from Lucas Raymond, I probably would have their record flipped in terms of what I thought that would mean. I, th- I think I would have had them at one and three. Instead, they're three and one, and that is the case in point for kind of the approach that they uh, tried to take the summer with with the depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the top six dynamic. It's it got to it in kind of a they're getting to it in kind of a backwards way. But if this is the way it works, where you have cop and comfer out there, you're you just throw them to the wolves, right? You say you guys eat toughs, play against top lines, score when you can, make it make the that the inline dynamic there work because of goals and you know and and taking tough minutes away from everybody else, and then you have the top line cook regardless of how it happens, even though it's been more to Brinkett than Larkin, I think, than like than maybe anybody would have guessed. You say, all right, we'll take it. That's a functional dynamic in your top six. And I don't is it is it sustainable? Like we'll see. But if this season works out for the Detroit Red Wings, this is what it's gonna look like in some form or fashion, right? To have to have one line do the one of those lines do the dirty work and then be able to free up Larkin and to Brinkett to some extent, to do what they want at five on five. And the only other thing I'd say is it's, it's going to have to mean more defense because they are yeah. going to regress to yeah. the mean offensively. And so what, what you're going to have to show is, yes, this is the kind of the character, like the depth scoring look it's going to need to be. It's also going to need to look a lot tighter and it's going to need to start looking a lot tighter uh, as soon as possible because their <laughs> next game is against the team they're tied with yes. for the most goals in the league, yes. the Ottawa Senators, who also, by the way, and, and even more so, I would say, in my opinion, look like a freight train. Mm -hmm. And that's a great uh, transition. Thank you, Max. There's three teams in the NHL Mm -hmm. with 19 goals through their first four games, three teams that are three, one and oh, and that's the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators and the Carolina Hurricanes. One of these things are not like the other ones, kind of a consistent playoff contender. And the other two are the ones that, you know, people are hoping like, let's see what they can do this season. Can they, can they make it in? Um, and the Sens having one of the top offenses in the NHL this year after everyone saying like they cannot have another slow start under DJ Smith. Um, this cannot happen again. Everyone's on the hot seat. Things got to work out better this year. And it has. And it's interesting because it has kind of without with You know, they brought in Dominic Kubelik. That was one of the uh, trade pieces from the Debrinka deal. They were hoping he could add some middle six scoring that hasn't happened yet, but I guess that doesn't matter when you have Brady Kachuk and Claude Drew and Tim Stitzla. Oh, and Josh Norris is back and Jake Sanderson's a stud on the blue line. Uh, Sens look good. Norris looked really good last night, didn't he? Oh, it was, you just kind of knew that that sounds so lame and corny, but I feel like you just kind of knew he was going to come in and score Right away, he's got a great shot. I remember when I was covering the Sens, I forget which player it was, but people were always saying like, you know, obviously you're not going to compare a young kid on the Sens to Ovechkin, but when you got Josh Norris like lining up at the top of the circle in the power play, he's got an excellent release and he kind of likes to hover in the Ovi spot. Uh, He's got a great release. He scores twice 
in his season debut. And yeah, Sens beat the Caps in pretty convincing fashion. And now they're going to face off against the Red Wings on Saturday. It, it really seems like Ottawa's young guys are, it's, they've taken that step, right? Like Jake Sanderson was really good last year and to start this season. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's taking that lead, you know. Offensive explosion for Jake Sanderson. I'm sure everybody had that. Who could have seen who, this everybody coming? Everybody penciled in, right? It, but it was always possible. Mm-hmm. Like when you have a guy who skates like this and is yeah. this smart, like it's, it's not like we didn't see offense mm-hmm. from him in college. No. You know, he, he was. So uh, to me, it's just this is it's all coming together for the centers here. This we talk about the Red Wings and how it's it's happened, how they would have kind of drawn it up with their offseason plan. This is how the senators have drawn it up with like their five year plan. Yeah, you know, like this is you know, I don't want to like I'm not trying to make like the unparalleled success meme here or whatever. <laughs> forgot, this yeah, is what they were going one. for. They're three years like, away from being three years away. That's the Raptors, uh, Bruno Kabuklo. I'm sorry. Well, but it was pretty much the same. But this was this was the plan. These are the pieces. Obviously, you get some like pleasant surprises. Maybe they didn't think five years ago that they were going to have Claude Giroux and Vladimir Tarasenko in the mix. They just thought it was going to be, you know, Brady and Stutzla. And um, I think the thing I keep coming back to is we're sitting here and having this conversation about Tim Stutzla and Jake Sanderson being, you know, kind of the straw that stirs the drink on offense and defense. Like <laughs> They got both of those dudes in the top five in the draft when I was still covering this team. And it was so devastating for Sens fans when they did not win the draft lottery. And it was like so doom and gloom and people were panicking when they took Jake Sanderson. I think there was even maybe some like questions of, do we want Byfield? Do we want Stutzla? Like, how is this going to work out? And I think we can fairly say that the Sens got the two best players that went in the top five. Well, he had the, Corey just did a uh, redraft of the Stutzla. Oh my God help me. Was that 2021? 2020, that was 2020, 20. wasn't it? 2019. Oh my gosh. It was during the, pan- it was during the pandemic. I remember that because yes. I knew it was a Lafreniere draft. Those three years are still the same for me. A blur. I, think. Um, yeah. I actually didn't age for three years. I'm so oh, c- Congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> I was young at the start of it and then not whenever it was over. COVID birthdays don't count. Just subtract three like, from your current I age. I like going to bars a lot less now than I did on in February of 2020 for whatever yeah. reason. Um, yeah. It stood at the top of that, re- uh, that redraft that Corey did by a country yeah. mile and he said as much right like i know Haley, you were kind of on that train whenever it happened but it's only been borne out more over the last few years that i think there was always a possibility that stutzel was going to be the guy coming out of that draft like there were people there were Pronman people who it. thought I that think we should give, led him, by, give him his flowers led by Corey yeah. pronman who were like this yeah. might be the dude yeah. and it happened a little more quickly than anybody anticipated right so totally. good so good for them the other thing that I wanted to know about the sentence, and I know we're talking about how everything's falling into place, and this is exactly yeah. how they drew it up. And, you know, who could have envisioned a better start to the season for them? And that's true because they've been awesome. They're tied for the lead in goals and whatever. They, you know, smoke, smoke those boys last night. It's fine. They're doing where it you, without, you were, huh? I was going to say, where are you going with this? I'm scared. They're doing it without Shane Pinto. This isn't how this oh, yes, isn't how they drew that. it up. Like there, there is this. It's not. I don't want to make it sound like it's an axe hanging over the the, the head of the roster because at some point he's going to be back in the mix and everything's you know going to be fine theoretically. <laughs> but like yeah. they're making everybody forget about this huge preseason ongoing issue where you have a guy who 
is slotted in as your long term third line center or or, 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 or middle six yeah, center. Let's line. let's say, mm-hmm. and he's and he's still not in the mix to the point where it seems like people are forgetting that he is not. This is not a choice that he's making for himself. This is cap related mismanagement by by Pierre Dorian in one way or another. So at some point they're going to figure it out. I, they're going to have to move somebody. So cross your fingers if you're a Sens fan. But like, yeah. I think we even I think to an extent because we saw it on we saw it on Sportsnet. I saw Sens fans freaking out over it on the Canadian. You're stealing all my points on the Canadian broadcast. They're like, you know. Why is he si- if you're Shane Pinto like why yeah. are you sitting at home right now like don't you want to be a part of this like yeah he does the sense of $65,000 in cap space <laughs> I was say there's like 63,000 like, reasons hello? that represent every yeah. dollar the sense have to spend under the salary cap for for why yeah. this is happening so like it okay. might not work out it might not it's obviously on a clean fix if it were he'd be on the roster already but they're gonna get better at some point right because that's it, it Regardless of, of of how it happens, mm-hmm. yeah, you're adding another twenty goal center into the mix. <laughs> right, gets back. yeah, like casual a casual twenty goal center who can take defensive zone face offs and be on one of your top PK units and be like a reliable two way guy who can yeah score score twenty. When I was covering the team in the pandemic, and it was the 2020 draft, by the way, since we were all like 2019, 2020, 2021. Max probably actually said the correct answer because he is smarter than both of us. It's why Max is now on the Thursday show, if you're wondering. <laughs> they needed someone to rain Sean and I in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> offensive. Okay. <laughs> um, but I th- feel like I spent so much time just watching the University of North Dakota um, when Shane Pinto and you know Jacob Bernard Docker, Jake Sanderson are there, spent a lot of time talking to Brad Barry. And again, Shane Pinto was one of those picks that people were like, what are they doing? Like... Bobby Brinks on the board. Why are you going? This is a reach. And it's another one of those draft picks that aged really well for Pierre Dorian and Trent Mann, who's no longer with the organization uh, on the ladder, uh, and aged poorly for fans who freaked out over that. Shane Pinto showed immediately in his first year of college that he was going to be worth that pick. Same with Jake Sanderson. So, like, I don't know how they're going to get it done cap space-wise. Like, I I think Sens fans I've seen are kind of worried they might lose, like, a Matthew Joseph if he continues to have a strong start to the season. I think if you're a Sens fan, you're probably hoping somebody wants Dominic Kubelik. (laughs) (laughs) I think anybody could have had Dominic Kubelik at any point over the last few years. that's one of the parts where you kind of wonder, like, when you're trading Alex to Brinkett, and you know that you've got young guys to sign, why are you taking Cap in? Like, just take what you can. And uh, and maybe that's a misfire. Like, maybe that's an oversimplification on my part. But, like, I feel like you should have... Again, it's so easy to say, like, just don't get a contracted player. But the Red Wings probably were like, we need to get something off the books. Um, I don't know, though. I also think it was scoring. You're, you're subtracting to bring yes. it. You don't know if you're sure that you're getting Tarasenko Because, totally. again, he was supposed to be like a middle six scoring option. And then when Tarasenko is an option, you're not going to say no, right? So it's an oversimplification. I, I just don't know who they're going to have to lose to make that work. Like a, it's like a, it's a monkey's paw situation for the yeah. Sens fans where it's like, boy, I'd love it if we had the, the space to sign Shane Pinto and then like be careful what you wish for because because who are you going to lose are you going to lose somebody is it going to take someone getting hurt and then you have some LTIR money just like well I don't know like this is mm-hmm. it, it there's 
this is going to work out eventually, but the route the route to it is still yeah. kind of fraught, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the important thing is to say too and and again, you know, we don't want to be rude to anyone who who does broadcasting, but like I do think um the conversation about the Pinto negotiations that we saw on, on TV was a bit more of like uh why is he not signing? And that's not really the case. It sounds like, and this is from Darren Dreger from TSN, like he says, like, there's no stalemate here. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's trying to find a solution. This is a cap issue. And then I think the thing that obviously we've just said this, we've made the point, it's a self-inflicted cap issue. It, sure. It's, you know, hindsight 2020, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> earmark some money for your. On so, and on some level, like I, I'm Pinto. fine with, like you mentioned Tarasenko, this is like kind of where it all comes back. Like I'm, theoretically conceptually i'm okay with pierre dorian being like look we can sign vladimir tarasenko like let's get it done get that contract mm-hmm. filed right. let the chips fall where they may no. like it's it's gonna work out eventually yeah. like i'm fine with that but we're at the point now where it's october 19th it's like you gotta <laughs> stuff hasn't fallen into place right so it procedurally it's fine but the the result has not been not been great you know and, and it's all no. but like but then again who, who gives a shit because they're because they're they're, three, they're a wagon like what does it matter <laughs> yeah. like it's it's probably gonna work out fine everything's gonna be great and awesome and fun and by the way ridley Gregg is in that middle six center position and that's kind of fun in the mm-hmm. interim honestly we like it i i have to say i do think you know the the we are probably underrating the possibility that injury solves this I, thing for them. It usually totally. does. Like something's probably going right. to happen. That's uh, every team. Not every team way. faces in, into it at one. Yeah. And hopefully, it's nothing. You know, nothing. Nothing disastrous. But like, guys get hurt. It just yeah. tends to it's, work it's, out that way. There is attrition over the course of an NHL season, and because yep. of the way the cap is set up, like it creates it creates money where there wasn't before. Not to like bring some bad juju in here, but the Sens injury history over the last few years is not great so there probably is a good chance that something happens okay so max we're gonna get to your question after the break because i have a a feeling that it's going to transition well uh as we're talking about these two young exciting teams to a couple of older teams who we uh who we want to dig into some older players some questions and concerns that we have so we're going to take a break we'll we will be right back can't speak looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, welcome back. Max, you have a question. What's up? I do. It's taking me back to college. <laughs> Max, you've raised Max, your hand. Where'd you go to college? 
Uh, the University of Michigan. John, thanks for asking. Ann, Ann Arbor. Uh, Public Ivy, I've heard. Paul Singerman's Deli. <laughs> Harvard, the West, or Midwest. <laughs> Everything I could say to make everyone listening this week. Including me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shut Here's up, we're trying to get my- the ratings up. <laughs> uh yeah another thing that might get everyone listening to this to hate me my question Haley, is this okay obviously the senators win is impressive no matter what but where the washington capitals are at to start this season Mm -hmm. my question is are we how worried are we that we're not going to get alex ovechkin and nicholas backstrom back to how we know and love them yeah so a little relevant statistic (laughs) that goes with your question Alex Ovechkin was held off the score sheet like he didn't have a shot on goal in back-to-back games for the first time in his career last night. Uh, I don't love that. (laughs) It feels like, and look, again, we're, what, four games into the season, two games in the season for some teams. The schedule is just hilarious. We get to watch every single game at 7 p.m. on the dot, and some teams play all the time and others don't play at all. Um... But yeah, that was uh, that's a rough one. We're it's it's early. We don't want to overreact. But that stat with the way that the Caps have looked when we've watched them, it seems like a could be a rough season for Washington. And I feel like we predicted this too. Like it's not a total shock that the team might not be very good. But the Ovechkin thing is like we don't want to overreact. But also it's like oh my. On the one hand, it's actually kind of shocking that it hadn't happened this. Like, that's kind of impressive that it took until he was, what, 38 years old to not have shots on goal in back-to-back games. But then you're also kind of like, oh. Right. And we saw last year, Backstrom already looked like it was headed the wrong way. And we know where the team is at. I don't think, I didn't think any of us expected the Capitals to really even threaten the playoffs this year. But you still, in your mind, are planning for 40 to 45 goals from Alex Ovechkin. And we may still get that. I'm, I'm not trying to overreact. A, a lot of times the stars do age in a way that like no one can even uh, account for. I'm just saying, you see, you know, put like that. And maybe it's a start of the year thing. We know older guys start slow. Yeah. This is the first time I've even considered that, that we might not see the, the OV we're used yeah. to seeing. I think one thing, and um, I saw this on, on social from Tom Galitti, um, from NHL.com. And to be fair, he went without a goal in his first three games for the second straight season. So mm-hmm. this happened last year. You know, he went the first couple without scoring, and then we know what happened last year. He, you know, hits a bunch of milestones, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the longest he's gone before score without scoring his first goal was in 2012-13. He went the first four games without, and then he led the NHL in goals that season. Not saying he's going to win the Rocket this year. Um, so a couple things to like, you know, lower the alarm bells, <laughs> lower the volume on the alarm bells. Uh, and he also had four shot attempts last night, but they were all blocked. Five attempts versus the Flames on Monday, three blocked to miss the net so is it a shot selection thing is it a release thing it's tough to know but you know goal scorers are streaky but i i do wonder if the way that the caps are constructed right now if that's going to have an impact on ovechkin's production sean what do you think about the caps is this going to be a bit of a rough year in washington I don't want to overreact it right now where this is like overreaction Thursday or whatever. Yeah, I know. We keep saying, I don't want to overreact, but 
<laughs> or it's early, but that's the episode title for Jeff. But if this is the end for, or the beginning of the end for Alexander Ovechkin, like this is what it looks like. The difference between, I know we're talking about last year, he didn't score in his first few games and he's had rough stretches in the past, typically because of coaching, whether it was Dale Hunter or playing right wing with under Adam Oates and all that stuff. They're always underlying, you know, circumstances or mitigating circumstances. Dude is 38 years old now. Mm -hmm. The end comes for everybody. It's going to happen at some point. At some point in the next five years, five months, five minutes, Alexander Ovechkin is not going to be an effective NHL player anymore. I don't think we're there yet, but we've seen it more than enough. And if even if you limit the discussion to players in this all-time first ballot Top 15, top 20. I go back to the NHL 100 list we did last year. The 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 all whatever it was the all time list where Gretzky, where Gretzky was number was number one. I always forget. I always forget what to call it. If you just limit it to like the top 15, there that list is dotted with guys who got old overnight. It happens. Mm-hmm. It happened to Joe Sackick. It happened to Steve Eiserman, who was. You know, I know people love to talk about the mid-career pivot Eisenman made to being, you know, a little bit more of a defensive-minded player, and he had a long tail at, at the end of it. But he was effective really up until the end. And same goes for Sackick. It was like one year he was, you know, a 30-goal player, and then the next year he was old and hurt. And then there was a couple years in steep decline, and then he was done. And it's happened before. Mm-hmm. And the discussion on Alex Ovechkin for the last few years, increasingly so after last year, is that this guy is a power play creation. Like his 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 play at five on five has slipped. There were signs of slippage on the power play last year. The main reason his production came was because he was force fed shots from the point. And you get in look, those all count. We always say it. I say it in discussions with Dom. We say it on the show. Power play goals count. It's a part of the game. But when it's it was such a huge part of his game over the last couple of years and such a huge part of what made him effective and relevant, if that goes away, then we have a real problem. Like if mm-hmm. the shot volume on the power play, which is the single biggest reason to believe that he was going to keep cruising for, for the Gretzky record, for the goals record, it was shot volume on the power play. And guess what's left in, in the last two games? Shot volume on the power play. If for if something happens, whenever something happens that knocks out that part of his game, it could get ugly. And if it if it's happening, whether it happens now in a year, whenever, at some point it will, and it's going to look a lot like what we've seen the last the last couple last couple nights. Right, they're a really interesting team um, as a whole too with the Caps because it, it seems like it's a team that you know the kind of way that they were going at the deadline. I thought it was great. You know, they kind of knew where they were at and they just started selling off assets last year. And I thought that was smart. And it kind of turned into a bit of a quick retool, coaching change. They bring in Spencer Carberry. Um, you know, a couple tweaks on the roster. But at the end of the day, the roster in terms of like the core looks pretty much the same. Like we're still mm-hmm. talking about Kuznetsov and Backstrom, and Ovechkin, and Tom Wilson. Um, but then there's some, and TJ Oshie, we could go down the list, John Carlson, uh, but there's some, you know, 
window dressings that have changed. And there's some young players that are on this roster, like shout out to short King Matthew Phillips, <laughs> who scores his first NHL goal against the Calgary Flames. Um, so it's going to be interesting. They're a team that kind of is marked with a lot of ifs, right? It's like if Kuznetsov is going to have, you know, a good season, if Ovechkin can score 35 again, if young players can take the next step, if <laughs> Max Pacioretty can, you know, be effective after his injuries last season. And then if all of those things happen, well, then, you know, maybe they're going to be in the fight. Maybe they'll be in the middle of the pack. Maybe they'll be competitive. It's, you know, three games in for them. They're 1-2-0 and right now, and we haven't really seen that click yet. But, you know, they're, they're a team. I said this last year. I thought the Caps were, like, toast, and they had a pretty good run at one point, and then they ended up not being great by the deadline and started selling. So they're, they're going to be an interesting team to kind of watch go up and down throughout the season. Yeah, you, you you can only delay that for so long, though, right? Like whether they're toast now or like Nicholas Backstrom when he came back from hip surgery last year, over the course of the last thirty or thirty five games, whatever he played after, I don't have I don't have the exact number ahead of me. He scored less points per sixty at five on five than Lars Eller, and Lars Eller is like the platonic ideal of an all defense, no offense, bottom six guy. So if you, you're Nicholas Backstrom, you come back. If that's if that's who he is moving forward, they're in deep. They're in deep, deep trouble. And it's proof, again, like I keep coming back to this, where it's like, this happens quickly. <laughs> and when you have mm-hmm. guys like Ovechkin or Crosby or, or Evgeny Malkin or whoever, you need to make hay while these guys are still good. And you cannot take for granted because a guy was a point-per-game player at 36 that he's going to be the same guy at 37. This is how it happens. Yeah. Let's uh let's end our We our- can't let him uh we can't let him age. I'll say this. We can't let him age out though until he gets the Gretzky record. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately I, I don't think he's done. No, I, I, no. I still he's think he's had a slow start. It's year. fine. It's just like but, a fun stat to bring up. You know, it's just like, yeah. oh, I think we might be having cool. this discussion again in three years, right? Like, it's I, I don't want to make it yeah. sound like yeah. like the, this is it's happening right now, but when it comes, this is what it's gonna look like. That's all that's yeah. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's end our early season dump on the Caps. We were sorry. We're just a little worried, but maybe it'll be okay. Um, the So we've kind of hit the three teams that were in action on Wednesday night, so let's hit on the fourth. Uh, it was the Pittsburgh Penguins who lost to the Detroit Red Wings. Eric Carlson gets his first goal as a Penguin. He had another, I think, a primary assist for Carlson. He's looked good. I just think it's so fun that he's on the Penguins. It really is a cool thing that's happening right now. Something to keep an eye on, obviously. But the big thing we want to talk about when it comes to Pittsburgh is Evgeny Malkin. He scores last night. Again, he's had a really strong start to the season. Seven points through the first three, four games for the Penguins. Again, I really don't know how many games everyone's played. It's four games for the Penguins. The Penguins play all the time. Nobody else. So this, I I hate. That's a whole nother discussion. I hate this guy right now so much. So seven, seven points for Evgeny Malkin um, to start the season, uh, but not a top 100 player according to ESPN. This has been kind of a big thing. Our colleague Josh Yoey had a pretty good piece. The best part about Yoey's piece, you know, getting the reaction from it is like usually you would think that guys wouldn't care. Like you go into the room and say, hey, did you see this? What do you think? And they'd be like, eh, whatever. Guys seem actually like genuinely pissed off that Malkin was not rated in the top 100 and they were like pissed off about some of the players who were on that list over Malkin. Um, This is not the first time that he's been left out 
of a top 100 <laughs> list. Uh, he wasn't on the NHL 100, which was the top 100 players of all time. That was in 2017. We should say he was on the athletics player tiers. He was yes, in he the was. top 100. He was in like the mid 60s for us, right? Uh, so we think of Genny Malkin as a top 100 player, but according to a panel of 50 experts by ESPN, he's not. And I think we can just say that's incorrect. Yes. Max, do you well, want to start? Last night, <laughs> yeah, I mean, last night I just watched him and he was certainly one of the best players uh, on the ice. You know, he, he scores the goal a minute in and that, that's a breakdown that I, you know, it's the Red Wings can't have a minute in. You can't lose if Genny Malkin, you can't give him that kind of space. Um, but he also just, there's just so much about his game that's still so amazing. Mm-hmm. There was a, a moment where he was poking around Billy Husso around the crease and Moritz Sider kind of stepped in on him to, to pull him off there. Moritz Sider's a, a horse, right? Like, for a young guy, he is exceptionally strong. And Evgeny Malkin just completely man-strengthed mm-hmm. him <laughs> into the ice. Yeah. And it, there, there's kind of the legend with Malkin. Like you just you don't poke the bear or whatever. And the bear, <laughs> to me, was not more cider messing with him. The bear was probably this ESPN yeah. list yeah, that tell, yeah. tells him he's not one of the top yeah. 100 players. And he goes, really? Okay, let's see about that. Yeah, here we go. The thing that was, for me last night, when I was having this conversation, I was trying to like get in the mindset of leaving off. I was like, well, I guess he was just okay last year. And then I was like, wait a second. He had like 83 points. (laughs) He had 27 goals, 83 points. I'm like, maybe it was the year before. Like, oh, he had 42 points before he got injured. So I was just being like, there has been one year, I think, in the last his whole career where he wasn't a point per game player. And that was in like shortened or injury seasons like there has not been a time I think where we can put our finger and say like this has been an ineffective player like and then when you look and I know Sean's going to have a lot to say about this I think when you look at some of the other players on that list because this is always what happens right is like well who are you going to take off the list to put him on uh maybe JT Miller maybe (laughs) Sergei Bobrovsky I understand you maybe want to have a certain amount of goalies on there but Bobrovsky was just fine in the regular season last year. He was an average goaltender in the NHL, uh, below it's average below at average. times last year in the regular season. And you got Bobrovsky over him. Yeah. And it's like, you look at the list and they didn't treat, I feel bad because I feel like we're just dumping on this, but like, this is a big topic right well, now. Me, is, oh, is of getting yeah. Malkin a top 100 player? Well, and to us, he is. And there were players that you could kick off the list because they didn't treat like aging players the same. Joe Pavelski's on the list. Ovechkin, who we just talked about, is on the list. There are old dudes on the list who Bobrovsky. are not as productive as Evgeny, as Evgeny Malkin. So it's like, I have people I'd kick off the list for him. That's <laughs> why these only. lists get made. Like, as someone who makes these lists, like, y- at some point, you just, you got to live with the decisions you make and you got to live with, <laughs> you got to live with the numbers. That's the way it goes. We write this stuff so people talk about it and so people debate it and like that's part that's right, part of the fun. But I'm also allowed to say I'm trying. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm allowed to preface it by saying I'm not trying to dump on ESPN. What I'm, I'm just giving my opinion. I know. On what I'm, but what I'm saying <laughs> is what happened. I'm saying is like Greg. It, Greg's fine with this. Like, like it goes. With, it goes with no, it. It goes with it. It goes with the territory, that. right? But yeah. What do you th- is if Kenny Malkin a top 100 player to you, Sean? Yeah, he d- he definitely is at this point. I think it's but I. I don't think it's quite as egregious as some people made it out to be. Like, we had him at 65 or whatever. This isn't leaving out a top 30 player. Um, 
But of course, like you're saying, you're saying it wasn't as egregious as for the athletics or ESPNs. I'm saying, I'm saying people are so mad about this. They're mad about this. Like, like 2012 era of Genie Malkin's been left off the list. And that's not true. Like there had, I think there's, he's not the five on five player that he was. A lot of those points last year came on the power play, like whatever. This is all a preface to me saying like, I think it's, but neither is Ovechkin and he's like 36 on the list. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like the, the, there, when you put together these lists, there should be some kind, there should be an internal logic, right? Where you say like, here's what we're valuing. Here's what we're, here's what we don't. Here's where we're rewarding players. Here's where, you know, we're deducting points. Right. And just because somebody's on like a Gretzky watch list doesn't make them a top 40 player in the NHL. Maybe all time, 100%. But like the whole preface of the story was who are the top 100 players playing this season? Yeah. And Ovechkin is number 37. And Evgeny Malkin is not on the list. If you're going to, if you're going to include, you know, Russian forwards in their late 30s who are showing signs of decline, but still produce enormously based largely on the power play. It shouldn't be one's 37 and one's off the list. Like that's a that's a gap where you're like, okay, is Evgeny Malkin worse than Joe Pavelski? They're the same age. They produce about the same amount. Pavelski comfortably on the list. Like what are we valuing here? And I think that's part of what gets lost. You know, if you're not super explicit in how you come up with these lists in the first place. And I say this as someone who over explains things, right? Like the the player tiers thing, we like went to ridiculous lengths to be very clear. Like, here's here's who we talked to. Here's how we came to it. You know, here's the sort of things that we valued when we're moving things around. That's part of the reason we do it in tiers in the first place is so you can say like, all right, tier 4A, here's where the old guys go. This is where the guys who are in, who are, you know, productive, productive weapons in their late thirties, but, you know, maybe are in for some amount of decline. We're going to put all of them together because they're functionally for the purpose of whatever we're doing here. They're the same. Um, and I don't think that that's, that was, that just wasn't part of, you know, the, the write up. And I'm, and I know for a fact that Wyshynski's going to explain this, you know, today on, on uh, yeah. the drop, the show that he does totally uh, with Arda on, on uh, like free SBN. So, We'll get we'll we'll get some some added level of uh, explanation here, but you look at it, it's like yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, we I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. And this is what happened. Like that they t- they talk to a ton of people for this, like fifty people, broadcasters, whatever. But this is what happens when you talk to that many people for this, right? Like it's like you the the process kind of it it leaves you you turn it over and put it in the hands of, of a bunch of voters. And if, and if they've, and if there's some kind of mass mistake, then you got to kind of live with the results. And I think that's, I think that's part of what we're seeing here too. Cause like, I, sure. sir, Bobrovsky, I, I, Max, I hate, you- not to dump on Bobrovsky again, but like, for God's sakes, man, the guy, he, he was below average in save percentage last year, below average in goal saved above expected has been with the Panthers across the board. That dude is a mediocre regular season goaltender. God bless him for what he did during the playoffs. But like, let's be honest about regular season production here. Right? Like, so yeah, I don't know. It, it does. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but also I'm grateful to have, you know, Something to talk Something about to talk for 15 about. minutes, too. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of counterintuitive, but I think it's more egregious to leave him off that all-time I totally list agree. than it is this list. Even though this is just a 100 mm-hmm. players right now, like, 
it, it it's more egregious, but it, both are wrong. Like I, I think he probably belongs somewhere not far off of where you said, Sean. Like and he's a point per game player last year. There's just not that many of those in the NHL. So totally. just off of that, he needs to be in the in the top. Uh, he's know, paying 50, the tax 60, for them missing the playoffs last year. That's a big part of what this is. Yes. Like they're look they're looking, but like Cadre's on the list, and the Flames were like a horror show last season. So again, it's just like, what are we, if you're, if that's what, if that's like the value you're going to place on certain things, right? Is like all timers, like cool old dudes, teams that missed the playoffs last year, but like, you're probably going to be better. Like it's just inconsistent. I'd love to, I'd Nazem love to Kadri's be able. career high was o- career high, like ever was only like three points more than Malkin scored last year. There are guys ahead of, there are guys on this list that we didn't even consider for, for player tiers. Like that, that were just not even, weren't even a discussion point. Yeah. So why do we think, and Max, this goes back to your point about the like top 100 list. And, you know, yo, we had it in his story. Like people kind of call him like Mr. 101. Um, why do we think of Genny Malkin is being left out of these lists? Because we know it's not the point production. We know, as people who watch the Penguins for our jobs, whether they're playing against the team we cover or it's for national games, whatever it may be, we know that it's not based on the way he plays because Max said last night he was dominant. When you just watch him on the ice, he does all these things, even still at 37, that makes him a dominant player. So I I don't know. You know, there were, you know, I forget which playoff series it was, but there's probably a year where Malkin should have won the cons Mike, but it went to Crosby. Um, why is he the guy that gets left out of this stuff? Is it just because he's Crosby's reason. second line center? Mm. He's the second yeah, wrong of the two headed monster. So it's just like Drysidle. Drysidle takes hits for that too. It or has in the past. Oh, come on. He has. No. Oh, sure he has. Dry- Absolutely. He, yes. I think we're at a point where everyone acknowledges that Leon Drysidle is like one of the best players in the league. Yeah, but it. How many top it, six uh, Hart Trophy finishes do you think Leon Drysidle <laughs> has, Haley? Four. One. Yeah, and, he, and it was the year he won. It was the year he won it. So they're it like, the all right, it, get it. David was a little bit banged up. It's human nature oh. to <laughs> to ding the second best player on a team, even when it's an all timer like Evgeny Malkin or Leon Dreisaitl. And they've all come pretty much the last four years. In 2018 19, he had 50 goals and 105 points and did not even make it onto <laughs> a ballot. Not one person's ballot, not one person's five spot. Had room for 50 goal, 105 point Leon Dreisaitl in 2018-19. That's wild. And I feel like I didn't have a ballot yet, so nobody can blame me for that. I had just graduated. I was working at CBC News. Okay, don't don't yell at me. I'm young. It's not my fault. Uh, I think the interesting thing about Dreisaitl, and I feel like we have um, moments as hockey analysts where we say players are like underrated or underappreciated way too often. But I felt last year during the playoffs mm-hmm. when he was on a heater, I was like, do we underappreciate this guy? Like, do like do we underrate that Leon Dreisaitl might be like, you know, the second or third best player in the NHL? I mean, he gets the he gets the Canadian bump, though. He plays for a Canadian market. Yeah. So Evgeny Malkin, neither of those things going for him. Yeah, you're right. A team can't have two MVPs because then the one MVP is not as good. If there's two, and then with the with the NHL 100 list, it's because he's Russian. It is like it. It just is. There's there's a. But wasn't Ovechkin on that list? Undeniable. That's an undeniable case. Was Ovechkin on that list? Yes. 
That's but uh, but it, he's the second best Russian of his generation, and he's and he's the second best player on his team. And I think people have have trouble parsing that out when it comes time to, you know, rank these guys in order. And I think and I think over the last couple of years, as early as the ESPN list, people have internalized two things, even though they're not true. It's that he's old and hurt, which only only half only half of that's true. He is old, he's healthy, but he's healthy now and he's productive. Yeah. I think whenever he blew out his knee, people are like, "All right." That's the end of Evgeny Malkin being a point per game player, and we're two seasons in. And then he came back and became a. That was, but that's that's the same thing I did. Mm-hmm. Like I almost was just like, well, I guess he hasn't been that great since he blew out his knee. And then I looked. Yes, it up and we was were like, talking. Oh. I mean, whatever we were, you and I were talking about it last night. It was yeah. like, I mean, I said it earlier on the yeah. show. I had that moment of like, oh, no, you know, shit, had, I'm an idiot. He had that's eighty three points so. in eighty two games last year. <laughs> like, there's no, yeah. there's no, re- there's no reason to keep him off unless you're, unless you're like. Uh, unless you're expecting a drop off that hasn't it hasn't happened yet, Galaxy or something. yeah, or, or if you're just you're yeah. just overcomplicating things. Yeah. JT Miller. Well, we look forward we look forward to hearing the explanation when that drops yeah, on definitely. the drop from Greg Rosinski. Um, let's take a quick break because we kind of went in on Malkin for a while, um, and we've got a few more minutes left in the show. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll kind of wrap things up with some final thoughts. Only two winless teams left in the NHL. Who are they? You'll find out. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, welcome back. It's uh, our third segment. We don't really have anything fun planned, but here's a fun little trivia question. At this point in the season, there's only two teams who are winless. So it's kind of fun, parody or whatever. Everyone's got a win except for two teams. 30 fun, teams have won once. Fun for the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, Last year, Sean sure. and I had um, a reoccurring segment of, have the Ducks won a regulation game yet? And it was essentially every week just like, not yet. Like back to you happy, in the studio. Happy New Year. The Ducks still <laughs> Not have. yet. It took the Ducks until November 23rd to get a regulation win. Oh. To be fair, they had like a bunch of shootout wins, overtime wins, um, but they didn't win in regulation until November 23rd. November 23rd. That's uh, that's Canadian Christmas, isn't it? That's like never funny when you say it. You've made <laughs> I that say joke it every so time. many times. I know. It's for, that you one's make, for me. You made that joke on the Tuesday show. Yeah. This is not Tuesday boys with three Z's. That show's dead. Oh, I have to say it that way. Jesus. It's gone. Craig <laughs> left you. It's over. Dad, Dad <laughs> stepped out for a pack of smokes. He said he'd be he right never back. He came back. <laughs> Craig, he left us. Um, but yeah, two teams that haven't won yet. Anyone want to? I know one of them. What? What is it? Seattle Kraken. Oh, well, that wasn't the... the uh, 
I thought you didn't know either of them. And the obvious one is the San Jose I Sharks. I guess the one that I knew. <laughs> yeah. San Jose Sharks and the Seattle Kraken are winless. I think one we could have guessed, right? I feel like Sharks fans are probably happy about that. Great job, team. Keep it up. Uh, but yeah, the Kraken haven't won yet. We knew that that was a team that was going to regress or be somewhere more in the middle because they were shooting, what, 16 17% as a team last season. Um, lost some of the depth players that made things really work well last year. Daniel Sprong, uh, Carson Soucy. Mm-hmm. For them to have either what four games in, they haven't won yet. It's not a reason to be concerned. Again, it's early, but the Kraken are probably going to fall somewhere between year one and year two. Right? They're not going to be as bad as the first year, but they're not going to be as good as last year. I think that's probably fair to say at this point. That was probably what people were saying in the preseason, too. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's sort of similar to what we talked about with Ovechkin. Like, this is how a regression for the Kraken was going to look. Like, they they shot almost 11% as a team at 5-on-5 five five last year. 11.55 overall when you factor in the power play, which is crazy. Like, that's not... Why did I say 16%? Because there were a bunch of guys in the team. There were the, the, the funny goal that everyone always loved was that there were, like... 11 guys that had 16 goals or more like they're like, whatever. There were plenty of guys on that team who were shooting 16% individually. It's not going to happen again. That's not a year over year result. The year going to see there just aren't enough true talent shooting guys on that team to sustain that for another season, which is fine. They lost some of, they lost some of the, the forward depth too. a guy like Ryan Donato gone, like, like whatever. So they're less of a deep team than they were last year to some extent. And the goaltending was bad last year, and it's bad again. So it was fine last year. It wasn't it, bad it, last year. I think it was bad. It was closer Martin to bad. Jones it was closer was to bad last than, year. Martin Jones was good for pockets. the first. Martin Jones was good for the first couple months of the season. Yeah, and then Grubauer, when he came back from injury, he was solid. Their the, their goaltending had some swings. I thought they were fine last year, but they're they had the. They had the third lowest save percentage in the league <laughs> overall last year. Maybe it's because they were good compared to year one. They were good. That is absolutely <laughs> true. They were good compared yeah. to year one, and they were good enough to get buoyed by a team that shot ten percent overall. Oh my god! I, I didn't. Even, I didn't even mean that. I love Bowie. I'm on an island with that one. I too. hate Bowie. I think he's cool. I hate Bowie. I, I think these. Is that the thoughts? dog? That's the Australian dog. No, no it's the troll. A troll. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Crack control. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen this man. <laughs> not familiar with your work. I'm sorry, Bowie. I was not familiar with your game. That's what, that's <laughs> what you're going to be saying in a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> oh, did you guys see the clip from our pal Charlie O'Connor um, of, of Gritty coming down from the rafters and there's like five people in the stands. <laughs> like Gritty's got the full like... <laughs> coming down the rafters like pregame show and just like nobody's there <laughs> it's just like ooh. you gotta time it better that nice. reminds me anytime Sorry, i see a mascot dude. anytime i see a mascot come down from the rafters or the or the video board <laughs> no one's at the game yet <laughs> i always <laughs> think it may it's a top 10 internet clip for me where the denver nuggets <laughs> mascot tried to pull that stunt this is like I, 10 years ago now maybe do either you of you know stuff? what i'm talking about here no the Nuggets mascot, which is like a cat of some sort. It's like a mountain lion or whatever. Okay. 
<laughs> whoever was playing, whoever was in the mascot suit either was either got a little sick or got faint or got scared. Thank God. After the fact, we found like nothing bad happened to this person, but they passed what out. Happened? They passed out when they were wearing, <laughs> when they were wearing the harness. So they dropped, they dropped the cougar down, down from the board and it was completely <laughs> limp, completely lifeless. It looked like someone lowering a dead body down to the, down to the floor. And again, I want, I want to, pre- that's why I prefaced it. <laughs> this person was okay. Like that was, that was, he it was like, fainted. everybody was like, uh, oh <laughs> like we need to make sure that, that, that everything's, everything's canceled? copacetic here before we, no, God, they didn't care. They just like, they just like drag, dragged them off the, <laughs> like, get them off the <laughs> cut, cut, <laughs> cut. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, wow. the other, the other one was team. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the San Jose Sharks. Uh, so no surprises there. We saw that one. Yeah, coming. it's fine. I think the one question I have, I'll throw this at Max. Do we have any concern or thoughts on the Tampa Bay Lightning being one, two, and one? A little, but I also think we expected them to start slow with Vasilevsky out. Yeah. Um, they've just they've thinned out, and I think that we knew that that was going to happen with the salary cap, and I'm a little encouraged actually to see like, you know, Brandon Hagel is producing as they need him to produce to survive. That's that. right. I he's think he's, he's yeah. on my fantasy team in the athletic official uh, league. <laughs> That's nice. Um, just want to say that. Yeah. And it, I, I think that, I think that they are in a little bit of like, a. I still think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think they, they're going to have to figure this out a little bit without Vasilevsky and survive that a little bit. But the star power, I think is just so much that I'm, completely unwilling to uh to write them off even if they go like even if they keep up this pace for the next like three weeks the other uh teams to kind of keep an eye on for that too the oilers are one two and oh and the kings are one one and one and i feel like the common denominator between those three teams is like you know question marks and goal with the oilers i can't tell but have a decent game they're gonna need they're gonna need one of those guys to consistently be okay yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. So we'll keep tracking. We're not trying to overreact, but we also have to talk about stuff for 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour. Put, a- so. put Alex Ovechkin in a home. It's over, baby. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. Sean just ranted about how Ovi's toast and the caps are horrific. So if you're a Capitals fan who's listening, I do apologize. I said. I'm paraphrasing. Mm. And then Max didn't talk for like 15 minutes at one point. Because <laughs> just gonna watch it's mascot fail videos for the rest of the day. I think. <laughs> yeah. What I actually was doing was looking up uh, a second ago. The the mascot that I am the most interested in is the Providence Friars mascot. Oh, who I just learned is he just his a name dude? Friar Does he just Dom. walk around? <laughs> Friar Dom. Friar Dom. I, th- yeah. I, that's what I call Dom Lestition too, because he's. But I, I call him <laughs> I call him Friar Dom because he's actually bald. A lot of people don't know that he's got like the full horseshoe around the top. That's a wig. Have you ever seen him, Haley? Friar Dom, I think so. You got to look up some of these photos. His expression works in like any scenario to make it terrifying. Yeah, no his eyes are lifeless. Just Holy. Like Dom. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Ooh. He he oh we have an athletic story about him. 
how the creepiest mascot in the country came to be. Oh, he's the only mascot I care about. Sorry, Bowie. I wasn't familiar with your work. Uh, but that's the end of the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We just want to remind you that you can subscribe to The Athletic NHL's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at The Athletic Hockey Show. Uh, so that was it for this Thursday. Again, just a reminder, that's kind of your new... Or this is your new Thursday crew. It's me, Haley, <laughs> and Max Boltman and Sean Gentilly every week on Thursdays and the Athletic Hockey Show returns on Friday with Max again. Uh, sorry that you have to get him twice. And Corey Pronman for another edition of the Prospect Series. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks guys. You're welcome. Goodbye. I gotta get back <laughs> to end these shows. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>